Anthony Richardson runs his way to the Las Vegas Raiders and Todd McShay's latest mock draft. We're going to discuss it next on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Damian Parson on the ones and twos, National Scout for the Draft Network, and your favorite and local running back guru. You can find me on Twitter at DP underscore NFL. And as always, we talk championship rings and all things championships. Here with my guy, Keith Sanchez. Talk to him, baby. Man, what's up? What's up, DP, man? What's up to our listeners, man? This is Keith Sanchez, senior draft analyst at the Draft Network, man. Like DP always cues up, man. 2019 national champion. Yes, the best college football team ever assembled. And we're just simply here to bring you championship level content, man. And today, DP, we get a mock draft, right? Post combine mock draft. So we know we get those kind of reactions, right? Everybody reacting to those athletic testing. And we have quite an interesting mock draft, man, from uh, Todd McShay over there at ESPN that we're going to go through the best, the worst, and those sleeper picks that uh, really can turn a franchise around. Keith, I, I love how you teed that up, right? Post-draft, I mean, post-combine reaction, right? Mock drafts right after the combine Usually have some curveballs, man, because you know everybody kind of loses their minds over the um, over the testing and the weigh-ins and so forth like that. Keith, I'm gonna start with you, man. Tell us, tell the family what was the best pick going through all 31 picks. You know, you know the Dolphins don't have a first round. Sorry, you know for the whole Brian Flores thing, but all you went through all 30, 31 picks. What pick really, really stood out to you as the best pick of the draft? Man, it's not just one pick, it's one team. Uh, and that's that's the Houston, Texas, man. And and Todd McShay, so he had CJ Stroud at two, which I, I really like. And then he had Jalen Carter falling to number 12. Obviously, we know early on that Todd McShay released some, you know, there may be some character things. Then this was one of the more explosive situations in the entire NFL combine surrounding Jalen Carter, right? So you know, I guess he's predicting that Jalen Carter may fall. He may come off of some team's boards, but they nab him at 12, pick 12 with the Houston Texans. So the Houston Texans, you walk out of there with C.J. Straw potentially, you know, some people may view him as a number one quarterback, right? And then you all you all, you also leave with um, Jalen Carter, who some people may view as the best player in this entire draft, right? The best defensive prospect in this entire draft. So now you have two blue chip prospects on both sides of the football moving forward. And we'll see this, right? When we're talking about Jalen Carter and CJ Stroud, both of them, you know, rather interesting personalities overall, right? But pairing them with head coach D'Amico Ryans, I think D'Amico is like that perfect, um, you know, I don't want to say father figure, right? Because I don't know these kids' backgrounds as far as, you know, they have fathers, but just someone to groom them as men mm-hmm. in the NFL. And we know how important it is. You you look at Mike Tomlin, right? And just the personalities that he's been able to juggle with Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Heinz Ward and, you know, just all these different, um, you know, Ryan Clarks, right? Like all these different expounding personalities that he was able to juggle and kind of keep and maintain and balance. And I think D'Amico can do the same thing 
with both of these guys. And it's like I said, man, it's two blue chip prospects. So I think in this draft, if everything plays out like this, the Houston Texans, they should be extremely excited to walk away with both of those prospects. I love that, Keith. Two quick things. I want to give a shout out to Mike Tomlin for dealing with two extremely talented football players who told themselves that they were rappers. Neither one of them are, but Mike Tomlin dealt with both of those. So <laughs> shout out to him because that's not easy to deal with. But to your point about the Texans, the crazy thing about it, Keith, they got both of these guys and they ain't even had to make a trade. Yeah. They still, if, I'm, if I remember correctly, they also have their second round picks. I think, I think it's just one and maybe two. I can't remember off the top of my head. But you still got a high pick in the second round that you can continue to build this team up with. And both of those guys fit, right? CJ Stroud can really run. If he wants to, if D'Amico Ryan wants to run a variation of that kind of West coast offense and stuff that they did San Fran, CJ Stroud can run that. Right. And still, unlike the quarterbacks they had, you know, outside of Trey Lance, uh, Brock Purdy and Jimmy, Jimmy G, CJ Beth, all those guys that have the run the mill average quarterback in San Fran, See if Stroud could push the ball downfield as well and make some plays with his legs. And we saw he's a big competitor. And I remember with, with San Fran, they drafted Javon, I think it's uh, Kinlaw out of South Carolina a couple yeah. years ago. Yeah. He's been hampered by a knee, you know, early in his career. Extremely talented kid. And he can, and Jalen Carter can step into that same role for D'Amico Ryan's defense. Man, that, that's a haul. Shout out to Tommy Shea for giving him that, man, because that's a haul. For me, man, it, it's some good picks in here, Keith. There's some good picks, but I'm not going to lie. I'm trying not to be biased here. You know what I'm saying? But And I'm going to go a different direction. I love 24. And that's the Jacksonville Jaguars taking tackle out of Tennessee, Darnell Wright. That's a, that's um, a new explosive name, right? Another name mm-hmm. that's jumping on. I'm I'm surprised that you picked that one. Um, is, is this because you're high on Darnell Wright as a prospect, or is this yes. more of a, a team need and you like that they addressed it? It's both because, you know, Juwan Taylor, their right tackle, there's a chance that he hits free agency as an unrestricted free agent and you know, if they can't work out a deal or if they don't franchise tag and what have you. And he's been a solid player for him. But, man, I love Darnell Wright's game. Um, physical, he's played left tackle and right, so he's got that, that flexibility. You know, if, if the left tackle went down and you have a good swing tackle that can play right tackle, you can absolutely put Darnell on the left side and he can get you out of a pinch. So, for me, the power, uh, arm length, the hand power. He does a good job understanding how to protect the edges as well as not oversetting on vertical sets against speed rushers and giving up the inside track. He does a good job of protecting both. So, and I think he could be a really big asset in the run game for them. You talk about Travis Etienne. Um, Doug Peterson talked about it last week and discussed it in Indy when asked about the running back situation that he wants to get more of Snoop Connor. Snoop Connor is more of a downhill power running back uh, which is a contrast to tra- uh, Travis Etienne. So for me, I think Darnell Wright. That's probably the bit. Like I, I, I said, I could have went. I could have been a homer and went with A. Rich to the Raiders and be like, you know. But I didn't want to do that. I, I want to. Do- <laughs> I didn't want to do that this time. I didn't want. Maybe next week. You know, we see how happens. But I decided to go with Darnell Wright because I really like his game, and I think that this young man has a really big chance of of really getting up into that back end, right? The 24 on down, 24 to 31 for teams that need a right tackle. I mean, you look at Kansas City eventually, don't know what's going to happen with Orlando um, Brown, but Darnell Wright, he could ball, Keith. Yeah, I, I think teams are leaning into his his tape more than – 
the movement skills part, just mm -hmm. the fact that it may not look pretty, but he gets the job done, right? He played really well against Will Anderson. So I think that's what teams are kind of leaning on, like, hey, this guy just might know how to play football, right? Like, it's not going to look pretty, but he can simply just get the job done. And, I mean, in this tackle class where there's a lot of variance, right, as far as, mm -hmm. you know, Peter Skaronsky versus, you know, uh, Paris Johnson. And then Juan Jones. Yeah, yeah. So just, you know, not really knowing um, you know, where, where to go with that. I can't see Darnell Wright slipping into the back in the first round for a team that needs a tackle because it's not a deep tackle class. DP, listen, man, we, we address the best picks, right? But, we, you know, you always got to be balanced, man. You have to be balanced in your approach. So why are we going to give Todd McShay some credit for uh, some of his best picks, man? We got to lean into him a little bit. We got to get after him and talk about the, the worst picks, right? The picks that make no sense, and we're going to discuss that coming up next. What is the best sports book in America that's FanDuel? Guys, if you're new customers, get ready to be excited because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, you can bet on everything from money line, point scores, exclusive bets, player props, all of it. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Keith, you talked about it, right? Like, man, we gave we gave Tom McShay a lot of love in the first segment. <laughs> well, it might go downhill from here on out. We don't know. But Keith, we talk about the good, you know, the good news first. You know, we want to get everybody set up. Let's talk about the bad news, man. What was the worst pick in this mock draft to you? Yeah, man, you you already kind of went there a little bit, and you didn't know I was about to go here where I'm about to go, but. The Las Vegas Raiders and Anthony Richardson pairing, mm. I do not like it. To be completely honest, DP, it scares the hell out of me. I'm <laughs> like, just to be completely honest, man. Listen, Josh McDaniels, um, throughout his career, I'm talking about just the way he moves, right, as a person, taking a, you know, Denver job, getting fired, taking a coach job, not taking it, you know, back and forth, New England, Tom Brady, mixing him ruining Derek Carr, right? Like, it's, it's, it's so much variance in what Josh McDaniels is. I'm not 100% confident that he's not going to do what's best for Anthony Richardson versus him trying to fit Anthony Richardson into his scheme. And if it doesn't work, then that's on Anthony Richardson, and I'll go back to New England if we all get fired, right? And that, that <laughs> that's the part that scares me, man. I, I just I don't care for it. Um, I, he worked with, what, Tim Tebow for that year that he was in Denver, and I mean, that was kind of up and down, but if you wanted to show that you was a creative genius, that would have been a perfect opportunity to do it, right? I know that they won mm -hmm. a playoff game, but, you know, that was more bad Steelers than good Tebow, right? So um, I, I that that's the pick that scares me, DP. I just – I don't know which way to go. I don't know what to think about it. Um, you know, the way this team is currently constructed, the offensive assignments, like just everything about that pick. Because let's be honest <clears> – <throat> We really like Anthony Richardson as far as what he could be, but we have to talk about that. There is a, a very low floor for Anthony Richardson. Like, like this cannot work out for three, four years if, if he's not put in a situation and environment to really um, help out and, you know, sustain his skill set and, and highlight the things he does best, but not put him in situations where he can't perform at his best.
No, no, hundred percent. And I love when I, because remember, I, I almost selected as a pick. I, I loved my, the, the the best pick, and I loved it for Anthony Richardson from a team standpoint, right? Like you, you potentially walk out of the huddle and you got Josh Jacobs in the backfield with him. You have Dan Waller at tight end, Hunter Renfro on the slot, and freaking Devontae Adams, right? With a with a better offensive line than he had at, at Florida. And I'm looking at this young man with this arm talent, his mobility, but then it's the coach, as you alluded to not being able to tailor his offense to the skill set of his quarterback, right? You got a veteran Derek Carr, and you, pre- you pretty much ruined the man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like, I think years. that's, that's, that's un- like, that's even understated, right? Like, let's be right. real. Oh, about yeah. Like, coming into this year, Derek Carr dealt with all of that stuff from John Gruden, from the owner, from the Henry Rugg situation, everything yeah. else, and still plays solid football through all of those distractions, right? Then you add Devontae Adams, which is supposed to be his best friend. They know each other, chemistry, everything else. You add Josh McDaniels, which is supposed to be another asset. And then it turns out bad, right? Like it's just Derek Carr is a shell of himself. And we're talking about a guy that coming into the year, this guy was on Super Bowl MVP odds. Like he was top two, top three. And then now he can't play football at all. Now we have to ship him out of Las Vegas. Now you're in position to find a quarterback. I like I can't place all of that blame solely on Derek Carr. And I think that's part of my issue is that at some point came week three, week four, week five. Hey, if this not working, Derek Carr, what did you do last year? You know what I'm saying? Like Josh McDaniels as a head coach said, hey, look, show me what you did and I'll call those plays. Show me what you did and we'll do those things. But I don't I think it was more him being headstrong talking about Josh McDaniels and it didn't allow Derek Carr to do what he needed to do as a quarterback. So that's what makes me nervous about Josh McDaniels being headstrong with Anthony Richardson and not doing Anthony Richardson needs to do. No, I I don't blame you at all, bro. Like that is just if he if he embraces this kid and take the the, the mold and model of uh, Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni with Jalen Hurts, bro, that offense is gonna be scary. But it's Josh McDaniels we talking about. Like this is a man that has not done you know like a quarterback making the wrong decisions and wrong reads over and over again. Like hey man. That's trap coverage, but I'm going to throw that flat anyway. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's what he's been uh, throughout his career. I, I just – I'm with you. I don't like that pick either. Man, look, for me, I, I got to go to the 27th pick. The Buffalo Bills selecting Keon White. And Tom and she has Keon listed as a outside linebacker. And I think that's where, for me, I don't like it. Um, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't view him as an outside linebacker. I view him as a, a defensive end. He can stand up in the two-point stance, but this is a defense as well as, like, okay, he's going to help you set the the edge in the run game, but you're still playing Ed Oliver at, like, one tech or two-eye, wherever you're playing him, too far reduced inside. You, your, your defensive line on the interior consistently gets pushed and moved off the football in the run game. So it's like while he helps the edge run, that's not where you have the issue. You have the issue up the middle. So it's like, no, I don't want Keon White in a situation where he can't truly focus on getting after the pack because that's where he's raw at, Keith. He's not raw in terms of setting the, setting the edge in the run game. He's good at that. He's good at, at, at deconstructing blocks versus tight ends, attacking and squeezing and leveraging gaps, you know what I mean, versus tackles. Keith, he's good at that stuff. But if teams are still going to run the ball up your throat, he's not going to get the valuable reps that he needs unless your offense is the, you know, Peyton Manning Colts with 21-point leads going into the fourth quarter every game where this young man would get 50 snaps in the fourth quarter just rushing the passer. So, so for me, I, it's the worst I, have a question. I don't like it. 
I have a question for you. Um, adding Von Miller into this, and I don't disagree, but you know, mm-hmm. like we're talking about the complete team in a situation, adding Von Miller into this situation, right? And him being the elite pass rush, Hall of Fame guy rushing the edge that he is, does that kind of affect the Keon White effect as far as him being a pass rusher? Meaning that, like, can you see him being more effective because he does have a Von Miller? on the other side with him, right? Like, does that improve his play immediately? Or do you think he's still raw enough to where it's like Vine kind of do his thing and Keon is, you know, still kind of going to be learning? That, that I guess that would kind of be my, you know, kind of balanced question looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah, I think I, I absolutely think Von Miller could help him. For one, you know, Von Miller works with uh, Dr. Smith, the pass rush doctor, one of the best in the game who works with all the top guys, right? And, and, and you know, Von Miller runs his pass rush summit, so I'm pretty sure Keon to be there and everything. But they also have Greg Rousseau, who they drafted a couple years ago out of Miami. So it's like, all right, is, is Keon White going to be starting over Greg Rousseau? And it's like, it's just too many questions for me for this young man to, because at the end of the day, it just needs reps. And for him to, come in and, and learn how to actually game plan and beat tackles and, and how to alter his, his, his pass rush method and, and adjust mid game. And it's like, if he's not getting the reps for that, yeah, Vaughn can teach us some of the hand counters, but you know, as you know, as, as a former coach, like it's also not just having those moves in your bag. It's also learning how to use them in game and use them when to use them. Right. Like he's so powerful. He's so explosive, but, if he's still relying on that, even though he has other things in his bag and he's not getting the reps to learn how to adjust because that tackle is setting deep, deeper in the vertical drop and, and, and giving him the inside track, but he doesn't see it because he doesn't have the reps to use it. That's why I do have some concerns. So out of all the picks, I, like I said, I'm not killing it, but to me it's the worst pick is I, for, for the team. They have bigger needs on the D line and for the player, he needs as much reps he can get so he can reach that ceiling. I agree. I agree. I like that, though. And and we'll see, you know, just how it plays out, right? Because, you know, we always talked about that back in the first round being such a volatile situation as far as draft prospects and whether we have guys as, you know, early day two that fall into day one. So that'll be rather interesting. DP, look, man, we talked about the best picks, talked about the worst picks, and now we're going to come somewhere in between, man, with the, the sleeper picks, right? The picks that, you know, people may not realize that this is a really good situation. So coming up next, Myself, DP, we're going to get into those sleeper picks from Todd McShay's mock draft. Sleepers, Keith. The, 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 the picks that everybody's got their head on the pillow and they're getting them Z's in. But, Keith, we're going to wake them up on this segment, man. I'm going to kick it off, Keith. I got because I, 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 don't, I don't trust you in this situation. I feel like you might snipe me. That's why I wanted to go first. Um, <laughs> yeah, man, there's no trust. That, that's cold, man. It's cold. I, was like, I looked at it. There, I was like, there's bro. There's no trust, man. We've been, we've been podcasting a minute. And he said, man, there's no trust out here. You my boy. And I was like, I know Keith, dog. Like, Keith might snipe me big time on this one. I got to go to the Dallas Cowboys, Keith. Okay. Pick 26, Dalton Kincaid. Out of Utah, to me this is a sleeper pick, baby. Because oh, you got to wake uh, me up. You got to wake me up. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why. On this pick, I'm 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 I'm, 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 I'm almost why. out on this pick. Go ahead. He's this almost, almost out. This was almost my worst pick. This oh, was no. literally close to being my worst pick. Bro. So you got to go ahead talk to him. Let, you let, go let ahead me wake me up on this. Let me put you on game. Let me wake you up. Shake the bed a little bit, man. Let me get that alarm going, man. Dalton Kincaid may be the the best, just pure receiving tight end in this class, and that's even with Michael Mayer. Right, this kid's athletic. He moves well. 
And I heard a lot of noise. You know, we were there in Indy, you know, amongst a lot of NFL people. Never heard. I heard the name Travis Kelsey pop up many times. I'm not going to put that on this young man. But just the asset he is in the passing game, Keith, the route running, the, the IQ to be able to find soft spots and zones, the ability to work in the red zone, to play the ball at the catch point, uh, helmet or higher. I think this, this is a really confident and mature offensive player in terms of catching the football. You got to work with him with the block, the blocking aspect, but he, he competes. I think it's more so, hey, getting functionally stronger, and then, of course, technique, right? If he wants to do it, you can train him to do it, Keith. But this young man, he's, he, he moves well. We don't, we won't get – they said that he may be able to test as pro day. I heard some people talking about, but it's kind of up in the air right now. So I'm not too sure. I would love to see him test as pro day so we can know how fast he really is. But, man, you pop, pop on the tape, this kid gets open. He makes a lot of plays. And let's go ahead and get rid of the old Dalton, which is Dalton Schultz who is a pure beneficiary of everything going else going around him, right? You're talking about that, that, that you know, no disrespect to him, but that guy in school who got an A on a group project, but he did like C-level work, yeah, that's Dalton Schultz. So, no, I want to go ahead. I'm not paying him. He ain't getting the tag no more. You can find another classroom to, 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 to get with another group and feed off of them. But, no, I'd rather have Dalton Kincaid in this offense because I'm all about building a competent offense around Dak Prescott. And I think Dalton Schultz with C.D. Lamb gets to, you know, find some other receiving weapons as well. I think you really could be cooking with some gas, especially keeping Tony Pollard in the backfield. You know what? You, you convinced me a little bit. but I, And I think it's because this. Dalton Kincaid has, has, has fell under the radar, right? You talked about the injury. You talked about, you know, it's a real out of sight, out of mind type situation. I'm going to ask you a question. I know you mentioned Travis Kelsey, but, you know, that's so tough, right? Because we're talking right, about right. A, a once in a 30, 40 years type of tight end from what he's able to do. Do you have any other comp in mind in, in, in gauging? I want to ask you this. Do you have another comp in mind? And is this a guy that can you can run an offense through him, right? Like, can he be your number one or your two receiving threat in the offense? So there's a two-part question for you. I think he could, Keith. I think he could. The name that came to mind was Hunter Henry. Just I think he's more athletic than Hunter Henry. Okay, right? well, I, I, can, I can buy into that. Because I, I and, and, and what I'm saying is that I really liked Hunter Henry, right? Coming out of coming out of college and then also early on in the NFL, we know, you know, he had an injury. The Patriots quarterback situation is crazy. But I did like him as a tight end prospect. So if you're telling me that he's somewhere, you know, in line with that, um, I can buy into that. And I'm, I'm 100% on, on, you know, in agreement with you with the whole um, Dalton Schultz situation. Uh, but, DP, I got to talk about my sleeper pick, right? And, and my sleeper pick is not just a sleeper pick. It's a sleeper situation that nobody's mm. talking about. And the way the Chicago Bears were able to execute the double trade down, man. It went from one yeah. to four, right? And then you go from four to seven. And then you still pick up an offensive lineman, right? They were still able to get Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern um, and, you know, fill a hole, right? And this is a guy that can play left tackle or left guard. So either one mm-hmm. where you, you know, you fill out this offensive line through free agency and wherever you still have a hole, you can draft this guy. He can kind of play that position and kind of, you know, help well, help, I guess help round out this, uh, you know, this position group. But I thought it was, it's, it's one of those situations, right? You have to execute it properly because you have to trade with the Colts first. Because if you go straight to seven, then nobody's going to trade up again. But you have to trade with the, you know, like the, the number four team. And then, you know, you know somebody else is going to need a quarterback again at four. And then you trade again with them. So, like, the double trade down 
if if GM Ryan Poles is able to pull that off, I think, man, you possibly could leave here with maybe four first round picks, right? And you understand that because you're able to get, you know, you possibly able to get two first round picks from the coach, right? Two first yep. round picks from them. And then now you're able to double back and get two first round picks from the Raiders. So you walked away in a, you know, a quarterback class that's, you know, rather interesting with high variance. There's no Trevor Lawrence in here, right? Where it's just like a surefire, you know, people feel like this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. But you walk away with four first round picks to really build this team out for the future. I think you sit in a great position. So even if, you know, down the future, because I know it's a huge thing with Justin Fields and a salary cap and all that. But guess what? Four first round picks plus your picks, right? Like, so there's going to yep. be multiple drafts where you have two first round picks. You can fill this team out with a, a, a fairly cheap roster, right? So that way you have everybody on their first contracts. So even when you pay Justin Fields, he's, you know, you still have two more years before you have to pay everyone else. So if the uh, Chicago Bears are able to execute that, I think that's a great, not only a sleeper pick, but just a sleeper situation. No, I I, I really, really like that. Because then what that would tell me too, Keith, is they were aggressive in the first portion of the offseason, right? We know that DeAndre Hopkins is available with the with the Arizona Cardinals. They You can trade uh, a second-round pick that you already have from that Roquan Smith trade. With Baltimore, you had the 56th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. Maybe it doesn't even take a second. Maybe Arizona's like, well, shoot, just give us an extra third so we can get these $29.5 million off our freaking books. Maybe they just pulled that move, right? And then you can get you a number one receiver to go along with the the – second and third options that you have. And now, okay, Justin Fields has a competent receiving core with a true number one. So then you add a Peter Skaronsky, you get a next year's first, and you probably get a second in this draft as well. Probably You probably get multiple day two picks off of this too, Keith. Uh, you get you swap first twice, right? So you move back to, what was it, seven, nine, seven. And then so you get next year's first, like you said, more than likely two day two picks for between the Colts moving up with you and then the Raiders moving up with you. So now you got a haul because you can also add more depth on the D line and different things of that nature in this draft. Man, it really sets them up in the in a good spot. But like I said, it really makes me feel good because at the, at the same time, they more than likely have done what they needed to do in terms of getting Justin Fields weapons in the offseason. Yeah, and, and there's no big deal with trading back because if you're, if you're outside the top five to six in this draft, I mean, if you're picking at six, you, you could also be picking at 12 in the sense of the fact of, I mean, the, the prospects, the you know, as far as them being blue chip guys, it, at that point, that's kind of when it kind of starts to, you know, kind of decrease a little bit. So if you can get more draft capital, your guy may still be there at 12 because or or similar type football player. Right. When you're talking about, OK, Paris Johnson is not there, but Broderick Jones is out there. Right. Or Broderick Jones is not there. Peter Skowronski or, you know, something like that. So I think it swaps out and this is a good spot to be able to trade right around that five six range and be able to find you you know a good football player no no 100 man shout out to tom mcshay and his, his mock draft uh over at, you can find it you know uh espn.com uh we can i'll put the uh the link uh in the uh in the in the comment section and the description and everything so you can find that and go check it out yourself uh as always guys we thank y'all so much for all the support and the love uh family we appreciate it continue to go to youtube the subscribers are going up let's keep it going right go to youtube subscribe like uh, share it with someone, um, hit the bell notification so you're always aware and get ready to enjoy the content that we have on the, on a weekly basis every day. And then go to your local and your favorite podcasting apps, uh, audio apps, and like, subscribe, share, download, leave a five-star review, man. We have so much more content coming to y'all. Also, you can follow 
the Locked On Draft Twitter page as well. Um, just go over to Twitter at uh, LO underscore NFL Draft. That's LO underscore NFL Draft. Go and uh, follow the Twitter page. We're going to be dropping different things uh, there, segment ideas, all that stuff to get you guys engaged and active with us. And as always, I like we always tell you, man, we thank you all so much for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today. Uh, in tomorrow's episode, we're going to be looking at the ramifications after the news has broken about the franchise tag deadline and all that good stuff going in the league and right now, and how that will affect teams and impact teams when it comes to the draft. Uh, for Keith Sanchez, you can find him on Twitter at the Talent Code. I'm Damian Parson, DP underscore NFL. Come and join the conversation tomorrow. Again, thank you so much. Listen, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We out of here.